section twenty seven of the crime of sylvestre bonnard by anatole france this librivox recording is in the public domain december twenty i passed eight days without hearing anything further in regard to the prefere establishment then feeling myself unable to remain any longer without some news of clementine's daughter and feeling furthermore that i owed it as a duty to myself not to cease my visits with the school without more serious cause i took my way to les ternes the parlour seemed to me more cold more damp more inhospitable and more insidious than ever before and the servant much more silent and much more scared i asked to see mademoiselle jeanne but after a very considerable time it was mademoiselle prefere who made her appearance instead severe and pale with lips compressed and a hard look in her eyes monsieur she said folding her arms over her pelerine i regret very much that i cannot allow you to see mademoiselle alexandre to-day but i cannot possibly do it why not i asked in astonishment monsieur she replied the reasons which compel me to request that your visit shall be less frequent hereafter are of an excessively delicate nature and i must beg you to spare me the unpleasantness of mentioning them madame i replied i have been authorized by jean's guardian to see his ward every day will you please to inform me of your reasons of opposing the will of monsieur mouche the guardian of mademoiselle alexandre she replied and she dwelt upon that word guardian as upon a solid support desires quite as strongly as i myself do that your assiduities may come to an end as soon as possible then if that be the case i said be kind enough to let me know his reasons and your own she looked up at the little spiral of paper on the ceiling and then replied with stern composure you insist upon it well although such explanations are very painful for a woman to make i will yield to your exaction this house monsieur is an honourable house i have my responsibility i have to watch like a mother over each one of my pupils your assiduities in regard to mademoiselle alexandre could not possibly be continued without serious injury to the young girl herself and it is my duty to insist that they shall cease i do not really understand you i replied and i was telling the plain truth then she deliberately resumed your assiduities in this house are being interpreted by the most respectable and the least suspicious persons in such a manner that i find myself obliged both in the interest of my establishment and in the interest of mademoiselle alexandre to see that they end at once madame i cried i have heard a great many silly things in my life but never anything so silly as what you have just said she answered me quietly your words of abuse will not affect me in the slightest when one has a duty to accomplish one is strong enough to endure all and she pressed her pelerine over her heart once more not perhaps on this occasion to restrain but doubtless only to caress that generous heart madame i said shaking my finger at her you have wantonly aroused the indignation of an aged man 
be good enough to act in such a fashion that the old man may be able at least to forget your existence and do not add fresh insults to those which i have already sustained from your lips i give you fair warning that i shall never cease to look after mademoiselle alexandre and that should you attempt to do her any harm in any manner whatsoever you will have serious reason to regret it the more i became excited the more she became cool and she answered in a tone of superb indifference monsieur i am much too well informed in regard to the nature of the interest which you take in this young girl not to withdraw her immediately from that very surveillance with which you threaten me after observing the more than equivocal intimacy in which you are living with your housekeeper i ought to have taken measures at once to render it impossible for you ever to come into contact with an innocent child in the future i shall certainly do it if up to this time i have been too trustful it is for mademoiselle alexandre and not for you to reproach me with it but she is too artless and too pure thanks to me ever to have suspected the nature of that danger into which you were trying to lead her i scarcely suppose that you will place me under the necessity of enlightening her upon the subject come my poor old bonard i said to myself as i shrugged my shoulders so you had to live as long as this in order to learn for the first time exactly what a wicked woman is and now your knowledge of the subject is complete i went out without replying and i had the pleasure of observing from the sudden flush which overspread the face of the schoolmistress that my silence had wounded her far more than my words as i passed through the court i looked about me in every direction for jeanne she was watching for me and she ran to me if anybody touches one little hair of your head jeanne write to me good-bye no not good-bye i replied well no not good-bye write to me i went straight to madame de gabry's residence madame is at rome with monsieur did not monsieur know it why yes i replied madame wrote to me she had indeed written to me in regard to her leaving home but my head must have become very much confused so that i had forgotten all about it the servant seemed to be of the same opinion for he looked at me in a way that seemed to signify monsieur bonnat is doting and he leaned down over the balustrade of the stairway to see if i was not going to do something extraordinary before i got to the bottom but i descended the stairs rationally enough and then he drew back his head in disappointment on returning home i was informed that monsieur Gély was waiting for me in the parlour this young man has become a constant visitor his judgment is at fault at times but his mind is not at all commonplace on this occasion however his usually welcome visit only embarrassed me alas i thought to myself i shall be sure to say something very stupid to my young friend to-day and he also will think that my facilities are becoming impaired but still i cannot really explain to him that i had first been demanded in wedlock and subsequently traduced as a man wholly devoid of morals that even therese had become an object of suspicion and that jeanne remains in the power of the most rascally woman on the face of the earth i am certainly in an admirable state of mind for conversing about cistercian abbeys with a young and mischievously minded man 
nevertheless we shall see we shall try but therese stopped me how red you are monsieur she exclaimed in a tone of reproach it must be the spring i answered she cried out the spring in the month of december that is a fact this is december ah what is the matter with my head what a fine help i am going to be to poor jean therese take my cane and put it if you possibly can in some place where i shall be able to find it again good day monsieur Gely. how are you undated next morning the old boy wanted to get up but the old boy could not get up a merciless invisible hand kept him down upon his bed finding himself immovable riveted there the old boy resigned himself to remain motionless but his thoughts kept running in all directions he must have had a very violent fever for mademoiselle prefere the abbot of st germain des prés and the servant of madame de gabry appeared to him in divers fantastic shapes the figure of the servant in particular lengthened weirdly over his head grimacing like some gargoyle of a cathedral then it seemed to me that there were a great many people much too many people in my bedroom this bedroom of mine is furnished after the antiquated fashion the portrait of my father in full uniform and the portrait of my mother in her cashmere dress are suspended on the wall the wallpaper is covered with green foliage designs i am aware of all this and i am even conscious that everything is faded very much faded but an old man's room does not require it to be pretty it is enough that it should be clean and therese sees to that at all events my room is sufficiently decorated to please a mind like mine which has always remained somewhat childish and dreamy there are things hanging on the wall or scattered over the tables and shelves which usually please my fancy and amuse me but to-day it would seem as if all those objects had suddenly conceived some kind of ill-will against me they have all become garish grimacing menacing that statuette modelled after one of the theological virtues of notre dame de Bru, always so ingeniously graceful in its natural condition is now making contortions and putting out its tongue at me and that beautiful miniature in which one of the most skilful pupils of Johann Fouquet depicted himself girdled with the cord girdle of the sons of st francis offering his book on bended knee to the good duke d'angoulême who has taken it out of its frame and put in its place a great ugly cat's head which stares at me with phosphorescent eyes and the designs on the wallpaper have also turned into heads hideous green heads but no i'm sure that wallpaper must have foliage designs upon it at this moment just as it had twenty years ago and nothing else but no again i was right before they are heads with eyes noses mouths they are heads ah now i understand they are both heads and foliage designs at the same time i wish i could not see them at all and there am i right the pretty miniature of their franciscan has come back again but it seems to me as if i can only keep it in its frame by a tremendous effort of will and at the moment i get tired the ugly cathead will appear in its place certainly i am not delirious i can see therese very plainly standing at the foot of my bed i can hear her speaking to me perfectly well and i should be able to answer her quite satisfactorily if i were not kept so busy in trying to compel the various objects about me to maintain their natural aspect here is the doctor coming i never sent for him but he gives me pleasure to see him he is an old neighbour of mine i have never been of much service to him but i like him very much 
even if i do not say much to him i have at least full possession of all my faculties and i even find myself extraordinarily crafty and observant to-day for i note all his gestures his every look the least wrinkling of his face but the doctor is very cunning too and i cannot really tell what he thinks about me the deep thought of goethe suddenly comes to my mind and i exclaim doctor the old man has consented to allow himself to become sick but he does not intend this time at least to make any further concessions to nature neither the doctor nor therese laughs at my little joke i suppose they cannot have understood it the doctor goes away evening comes and all sorts of strange shadows begin to shape themselves about my bed curtains forming and dissolving by turns and other shadows ghosts thronged by before me and through them i can see distinctively the impassive face of my faithful servant and suddenly a cry a shrill cry a great cry of distress rends my ears was it you who called me jean the day is over and the shadows take their places at my bedside to remain with me all through the long night then morning comes i feel a peace a vast peace wrapping me all about art thou about to take me into thy rest my dear lord god end of section twenty seven